Hi, am I on the air? Yep. Fuck. Thanks. I've been in the danger zone. We got a bad My five stars. Yeah, Mongo. Huh? Yeah, my five. We got a bad Jeff Harvey. How much is this guy worth? Play. We'll play 21. Fuck him. Well, what is going down, everybody? Welcome back to another very special, you know what it is, it's Am I Still on the Air. Uh, It's a very rare occasion when we pop these babies out, we try to make it for good stuff. And by popular demand, I've had several people hit me up in the Twitter sphere saying, I need you to talk about Ant-Man. So I have gathered the troops tonight, and we are going to talk Ant-Man. Spoiler-filled Ant-Man review. Of course, if you don't want to hear spoilers, then just go back. Yeah, get out now. Pause this. You know, download it. Put it in a file somewhere. And come back after you've seen the movie, and then listen to it. Um, Or if you don't care about spoilers, and you just want to really hear a raw review, then this is the place to be. Uh, If you want to hear a non-spoiler review, then go back about a week to my last episode of Am I on the Air and listen to Baskin Robbins Always Finds Out. That's the episode where I have the spoiler-free review. Uh, But tonight's all about spoilers. We're going to talk about Ant-Man, the positives, the negatives, just our general impressions. And then at the end of the show, uh, since Ant-Man was the last movie of Marvel's Phase 2 We're going to look back at both phases, both consisting of six movies. So we have 12 films in the Marvel MCU, and we're going to rank them down of how they've fallen into place for us now, now that we know the entire 12 movies of the MCU as we prepare for Phase 3. So, I'm your host, Don Mega, and joined with me tonight is the whole damn crew from Red Dragons Radio. We got Geeky Pat, we got Peeps, and we got Friggins. So what up, y'all? Hey, hey, hey. What up, Geek Nation? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, everybody's here. We're going to get four nice opinions here, breaking down um, Ant-Man, which is going to be pretty sweet. I know uh, Friggins over there got lucky. He got to see the movie like a week early before the rest of us did. Oh, uh, sneak peek are awesome. <laughs> sneak peek status. <laughs> you um, got to know people, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so he's got his little perspective on it since he kind of got it, got it before everybody else. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of us went and checked it out. Uh, I know me and, uh, Geeky Pat over here, we saw it in IMAX 3D and it was beautiful. And, uh, you know, Peep stood us up and didn't come with us that night. So he decided to go watch it another day. (laughs) And I, did you see it in just 2D peeps? I saw, I saw the 3D per Fred. (laughs) Yes. That's right. So there you go. And yes, the recommendation is there to see it in 3D if you have the opportunity to. Obviously see it in IMAX 3D, but if you don't have an IMAX theater anywhere around you, then definitely check it out in 3D because the 3D looks beautiful in this film. They did a great job with the conversion on this one. So, Ant-Man, spoiler review. Um, So, quick general impressions of the film. Marvel's 12th film out of the MCU the last one of Phase 2, which is kind of crazy because originally Ant-Man was going to be the kickoff movie to Phase 3. Um, and then they decided to kind of shift it around a little bit. They decided when once they announced that big slate, 
and that Captain America Civil War was coming out next year, they decided to let that be the kickoff to Phase 3. So Ant-Man was closing out Phase 2, and I remember when they first announced that, I was kind of like, that's a weird choice. Like, why the hell would they do Ant-Man to close out a phase? And But after you see the movie, it's really a good fit, because you, you start to kind of see where things can kind of go towards Civil War, and, you know, this movie's got a lot of nice nods to the Avengers. I mean, there's even, like, quick shout-outs from, you know, like, uh, I love when, you know, when Michael Douglas's Hank Pym tells Paul Rudd's uh, Scott Lang, you know, like, I, I need your help, we need to do this, we need to do that. And, and Paul Rudd's first thing is to say, like, okay, well, our first step should be to call the Avengers. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and it was such a good line. It was hilarious because it really is true. Like, that's what the rest of us would have said. Like, why don't we call the Avengers first, like, if you need this much help? You know, and, and then I loved Michael Douglas's reaction to that because he was like, oh, they're too busy dropping cities from the sky. And, like, you know, yeah. and, like, really tied that in real nice and his history with S.H.I.E.L.D. and just everything, man. And, I mean... The beginning of the film, what a nice throwback to like show like the the 80s shield. Um, and actually, like they're in the um, what do they call that building? The um, uh, Triskelion, yeah, the Triskelion yep. from uh, Winter Soldier, you know, which is like, but it's like in its early stages, it's only like half built. And I thought that that was really, really cool. You got to see. Uh, old Tony's, you know, Howard Stark come back, um, you know, which we hadn't seen him since Iron Man 2. We got Peggy Carter, of course, who she's becoming like the new Nick Fury here. Like, she's the one popping up and like all these things kind of connecting the dots. Uh, we saw a de-aged CGI Michael Douglas, which was pretty cool. They did a good job on that. Uh, they did a great job with it. The technology has come a long way from X-Men uh, The Last Stand. <laughs> Hello, Charles. Uh, very stiff and just it was very weird uh but yeah they've done great with the technology on that and and i just i loved how, that whole startup of it and then how he broke away from shield and you know brings us to the current day and you know just a little nod to the avengers of course the big falcon cameo you know with with him thinking he's just breaking into like an old stark warehouse and it ends up being the avengers facility from the end of the movie uh and it was just like oh shit like he comes through the clouds and you see that a, a on top of the building and it's like oh my god that's so tight you know and uh yeah, yeah. Don't, don't tell cap about that you know and uh <laughs> You know, just so just like, I, I just, I loved everything about this. I mean, as an origin story, this movie killed it as an origin story because they made it fun. They made it fun it to see. It didn't even feel like an origin story to me. It didn't, did No, it? but that's. I, I felt like it was an origin story. Just saying. Because <laughs> you saw it early, so. <laughs> that's oh. what did it. Only if you saw the advanced screening. You thought. You th that yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but that reaction of like, oh, it didn't even feel like an origin story to me, is it just shows like how good of a story it was because that's the hard thing to do with the first in a superhero movie is getting past that origin and telling that story because if it's told the wrong way, it could become very bogged down. It could be really, really hard to digest, which is, you know, one of the beefs I had with Green Lantern was like, you know, was I felt they spent too long on the origin story, like setting that up. Whereas like this, it was like fun to see him kind of get picked, get the suit, you know, like not want the suit and then put it back on and, and have to train with it and learn how to use it and learn how to deal with the ants and just everything culminating in it um, all the way up to planning the heist and going into 
you know, the cross technology is building now and, and trying to pull off that heist. I mean, this is a heist film, and I like that Marvel is kind of going in the new direction of themes for their movies. You know, this all started with Winter Soldier when it was like, okay, we got Winter Soldier. This is like a 70s political thriller type film. And then you had Guardians of the Galaxy, which was, you know, the space opera. And then now you have Ant-Man, which is a heist film. I like that they're doing these themes because they're, they're saying that Doctor Strange is going to be kind of almost like a mini comic book horror movie. Like it's going to be this weird kind of funky horror genre, you know. So I like that they're kind of picking out themes to go with the films now. And I think it makes them very, very unique. Um, so I just I thought the humor was great. I thought just the way they pieced this thing together, all the little nods to the rest of the universe um i just i had a blast with this film there's when we get to the negatives part i'm I'm not going to even have much to say because it just it just really did it for me like i i had to, i had a grin on my face almost the entire film it was just it was just like fun fun film and i really really enjoyed it so as we go around here like i said quick impressions of what you thought when you saw it and when you walked out of the theater so peeps what you got um i mean going into it i mean i had honestly like no expectations uh, when it comes to Ant-Man, I mean, come on. I mean, Ant-Man, I mean, I, I don't know. He's, he wasn't a character I liked in the comics, so for the movies, you know, I wasn't really too expecting too much. But, you know, as we always say in, in Feige, we trust. And, you know, I, I just gave it the benefit of the doubt. And, yeah, man, it, 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 it turned out really well. I mean, it's I, I really liked, you know, everything they did with it. And like I said, man, it didn't even feel like an origins film. So that by itself just... That tickled me pink or purple, whatever's manlier. <laughs> I don't know if any of those are manly enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos is purple. You tell me he ain't manly. Uh, well, he doesn't have glowing eyes, so no. Friggins, what'd you think? <laughs> I also really enjoyed this movie. Um, I, I don't know. Like when I first saw the trailer for it, I, I felt that they did a good job about not showing too much but at the same time after seeing it i worry that maybe they didn't hype up enough the fact that it was a heist movie like you were talking about being a different genre and i mean everyone i talked to that that didn't know comics were like i don't know if i'm gonna see that one it's ant-man what's up with ant-man and and so i kind of almost in a sense wished that they would have promoted the 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 heistness to it a little bit more but i i walked out really happy with it i didn't really have too high of expectations. I knew I was going to like it regardless, but um, it, it definitely I, – I enjoyed it more than I, I guess I kind of expected to because of the fact that it was a little different than uh, just another regular superhero movie. Now, although I have to disagree with you guys, I, I did kind of feel a little – um, a little too origin story-ish, but it is a new character. It's a new property, so I kind of had to sit back and be like, ah, don't be too picky about it. Like, It still was an awesome movie, so it's easy to get over if you feel it might be a little too or- origin-ish. Um, I think it's really easy to get past that because of how good the humor is, how good the character development is, how good the relationships with the characters are, and how good the, um, the comedy is. Uh, so I, I just... All in all, I was really pleased with it. A great movie, and I hope that everybody goes and sees it. And actually, one last thing. Absolutely what you said, Don. It's got to be 3D. And if you do have the IMAX capability, that was just mind-blowingly good. I I hate 3D movies for the most part. Like, I don't 
I generally will avoid them, especially a movie that's like kind of in the dark. Um, and I think like Avatar is probably like the best 3D I've ever seen, and Guardians was really good. But this movie just I mean, it pops in 3D. This is a guy, I'm telling you, I'm a guy that hates 3D movies, and I just don't see how this should be shown not in 3D. Um, I had the opportunity to see it twice. I saw it with my cousin a couple days later, and we saw it in the standard, and it just it loses so much. So if you have the chance to see it in 3D, that, that that's where it's at. I mean, it, you'll, you'll thank me for it, so go see it in 3D. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Friggins. And IMAX. <laughs> you better hurry up, too. Yes. <laughs> Geeky Pat, Quick Impressions, Ant-Man. Well, I mean, it was just outstanding. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think Paul Rudd was the right choice. A lot of people were slamming that in the beginning, but there's just no way he, he is now the Ant-Man to me. Um, the, I have very few problems with the movies, which is good. I you gave it a five out of five, right? Yeah. I would say I'd say for me it was a four out of five movie, um, but it was just really really good. I really enjoyed it, and there's it was it was it was funny. It was fun. It was it was still had that Marvel feel. Um, my one of my worries was it was going to stand out a little different than the other Marvel movies because they're almost all world ending stuff or like career ending stuff. It's all you know. This one was like. You know, it could have got out of hand, but he was able to handle it kind of thing. And so it was kind of cool. It was more like a down-to-earth um, origin story, I guess. But I didn't feel like – I'm sorry, Fred. I didn't feel like it was an origin story. I felt like because <laughs> it was already an established character and he kind of just took over the legend of the character and it was just kind of like he was chosen. And it, I don't know. It was just – it felt different to me. Um I, I really one of the things that really stood out to me, and I think we talked about it afterwards, Don, you you and Pat and I, uh, was that the training montage was not forever long, but it was it was like it was intertwined with other things that was going on. So you felt like there was a sense of time where he was training, and yet there was a sense of things were still getting accomplished. So you had that that time period going by without it being incredibly boring. All in all, I really, really did like the movie, and I think, I don't know, I think that a, another standalone Ant-Man could definitely happen, but I'm excited to see him in, in the Civil War. I, I definitely, now, knowing from the end scene that he's going to be part of Captain America's team, I want to see him get big and be part of the smash him up, you know, knock over the Tony Stark's team kind of thing, so I think that's definitely going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, there's so much potential there, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later about where we hope to see the character kind of go. Um, it, you know, I'm glad to hear that everybody really enjoyed it. I mean, because this is this was a risky movie on you know Marvel's part. I mean, this goes back to you know kind of how we felt about Guardians last year. You know, it was like one of those movies that we were like, eh, I don't know, man, this is gonna be like pretty out there. I don't know if this is gonna really pay off, and Guardians paid off in such a big way, and then Ant-Man is another risk, and it's an even bigger risk, because, you know, even though Guardians seemed like a risk, it was a sci-fi space epic movie that I think a lot of people, even regardless of its Marvel ties, would have went and checked something like that out, just because it looked really cool, and it was unique, and it kind of had that Star Wars kind of vibe, and... You know, that, and that kind of helped that movie. Whereas Ant-Man, it's like what Fred said, where it's like, I know a lot of people 
that actually are fans of the Marvel's MCU that told me, I don't really have any want to go see Ant-Man. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, really? Like, you know, we're like, why? And there's like, oh, it looks stupid. And, and I don't, and that's the kind of thing that I'm trying to get people to get over is like, it's a weird concept. He's a weird character. I was never an Ant-Man fan of the comics. You know, I mean, it's, it's something to where like, I went from not giving really two shits about this character or his inclusion into the MCU or a part of the Avengers or anything. And then after I saw this movie, I'm just like, give me more of this character. Like, I can't wait to see what he does in Civil War now. Um, you know, and I'm really trying to just stress to people, like, to give it a chance. Because I think you'll come out very pleasantly surprised. You know, my wife actually went and saw this um, last week um, with my mother-in-law. And... My, you know, I usually have to drag my wife to these kind of movies, and she's like, yeah, they're cool, like, you know, like, she always, she always kind of gives me the, like, yeah, yeah, it was cool, um, and she came home from Ant-Man and was like, I really enjoyed that, <laughs> you know, and that was from a non-real big Marvel fan, and she really got a kick out of it, and, you know, and that kind of just shows you, like, the broad appeal of this movie, like, you don't even need to be you know, a fan of comic book movies or superheroes, like, this movie has everything going for it. I mean, the humor in this film is so great, you know, and a lot of that goes towards Paul Rudd and even Adam McKay, you know, people don't know, like, a lot of people don't know how Adam McKay and Paul Rudd co-wrote the script together uh, when they did all those rewrites, and Adam McKay is hilarious, man, this is the guy behind the Anchorman movies and, like, a bunch of the Will Ferrell stuff, Adam McKay is a super hilarious dude, and him and Paul Rudd sat down for a weekend and banged out a rewrite of the script, and it came out beautiful. You know, this is a movie that really could have gone down the shitter real quick. I mean, you know the drama that came around this thing. Edgar Wright was the original director for it. He'd been working on the film for years, and then he left the project literally like a week before they started filming because he was just, you know, he didn't like the direction that Marvel was trying to make him go. We've talked about this before, like with Joss Whedon and like how he was forced to do certain things at Marvel. Well, Edgar Wright is one of those kind of snobby kind of directors. He likes to do his own thing. And once Marvel said, well, we need you to kind of pepper this in or, you know, make sure that it heads in this direction for other films, he was like, nah, I don't want to do it then. Like, I'm out. And I remember when he dropped out, I would say 90% of the critics that I follow were like, this movie's doomed. Like, you know, it'll never rebound. You know, they're never going to find a good enough director. This thing's going to, this thing's going to fail. And luckily, Paul Rudd stayed on board. All the all the key cast that had already been announced stayed on board with the project, which was unique because I know there was a moment there where it was looking like some of them might drop out because they signed on to work with Edgar Wright. And then he dropped out, and it just became this big mess. And then they hired Peyton Reed to direct the film. This is a guy that directed Bring It On, <laughs> the, the cheerleading oh, movie. Uh, you know? And like, so random. <laughs> it's super random. Like, But everybody was like, what? Peyton Reed, like, where did this guy come from? Why would they hire this guy? Like, if you look up his resume, I mean, he's a comedy director. He did Bring It On. He did Yes Man with Jim Carrey. He did The Breakup with Vince Vaughn. Like, he, he does, like, like, just little comedies. But he's a big comic book nerd, and he is a big Ant-Man fan. So he wowed um, Kevin Feige when they when they sat down and they talked about the project he really wowed them and and I give the guy mad mad props because he came onto a project 
literally like days before they started filming and had to just jump in head on. And then, you know, then I give props to Paul Rudd and Adam McKay for stepping up and rewriting portions of the script. And everybody came together and they banged out this project and it turned out to be a beautiful movie and so much fun. Right now, it's probably my second favorite movie of the year. And I and I just, you know, I really give them mad props for what they were able to achieve based on what, you know, a year ago, everybody was saying was going to be the first big Marvel bomb. It was going to be such a disappointment. They had the wrong people behind it. Paul Rudd is the perfect choice. Like Geeky Pat said, you know, like I, I've always been a fan of Paul Rudd. I mean, I'm a big fan of his comedy style. And when he got cast, I was like, huh, that's an interesting choice. But I saw it and I believed in it. And I said, it could work for a character like this. And boy, did it work for a character like this. He was so great as this character. And I want to see him standing next to Captain America and Iron Man. You know, I want to see him in the middle of all of that. And I want to see these adventures continue. I want to see Wasp, you know, like, I mean, we got that after credit scene. We know that Wasp is going to be around. I saw an interview with Kevin Feige um, last week, and he promised that we will see Wasp before phase three is up. So she's going to be somewhere flying around in that costume, which is going to be pretty cool. And I still, and I still think that there's going to be a big chance that we're going to see the original Wasp get, get out of her little phantom zone or wherever the hell she's at the quantum realm, you know, like, so, you know, that's why they were very smart in the way that they, you know, the picture of her, uh, she's got the the big hat on and it's tilted kind of, you know, over covering her face. So you can't see what she looks like. And then when you saw her as wasp in the flashback scene, she had the helmet on. So there's a big opportunity there that basically there's no time in the in the quantum realm you know so when she gets out of it and they pull her out of there she's gonna probably still be like 30 years old (laughs) so there's gonna there's gonna be that opportunity there uh i mean there's so much stuff that they can go forward with this so we're gonna talk the big positives here as we go around here the stuff we really really liked i thought michael douglas did an awesome job um he was a great hake pym you know, I thought it was really weird when they started putting this movie together that they chose to go with Scott Lang. Because, you know, Hank Pym is is Ant-Man. I mean, he's such a pivotal character. And I was like, damn, that's kind of weird. They're going to go with an older Hank Pym, and they're going to go sh- jump straight to Scott Lang. And I, I thought it was an odd choice. But coming out of the movie, I, it was the smartest choice they could have ever done. Because it was cool to have that idea that... Hank Pym has been around, and he was Ant-Man, you know, and he fought Hydra back in the day, and he did, you know, like, he did did his thing, and basically is there to, you know, provide his insight and everything, and bringing in Scott Lang was a perfect choice to work it with Paul Rudd, you know, to kind of fit in better with the current Avengers team. I mean, I just such a smart move. I loved it. I loved the casting of everybody in this movie, honestly. I mean, Paul Rudd was perfect. Michael Douglas is perfect. Evangeline Lilly is perfect as Hope. Um, I, you know, oh man, I'm spacing his name right now, but the guy that played Yellow Jacket. Um, uh, Cross? Well, yeah, Darren Cross, but what is his real name? Um, Corey. Corey Corey Stoll. Stoll. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, Corey Stoll, I am becoming a big, big fan of. I mean, I like the guy a lot. Like, he's currently on that show The Strain on FX, and he's great on The Strain. He was on last season of of Homeland, and he's popped up in a million movies in the last couple years. The guy's really blowing up. He was on House of Cards for a while. Um, A great, great character. I mean, I think they... 
shortchanged Yellow Jacket a little bit, and that might be my negative side. But um, but as a character, I liked like what he brought to it as being the businessman and being like the looking at Hank Pym as as his father figure and wanting to please him, you know, wanting to make him proud. And I thought he did such a great job, and I loved the look of Yellow Jacket and just the the fight scenes between Ant Man and Yellow Jacket were just phenomenal. I mean, fighting inside of a briefcase. I mean, I mean, how awesome was that? Yeah, you know, in a damn briefcase, and then you know, and then fight, and then Cell basically, phone. the whole end battle is in in his, in his daughter's bedroom, like you know, like yeah. I mean, it's just on a toy set. Best yeah. decision ever. It's just so cool, man. So it's like that casting was great, you know. Um, the little girl that was Paul Rudd's daughter was awesome. I mean, like it just. They really killed it. His whole crew, I mean, Michael Pena, oh my God, dude, Michael Pena killed it in this film. He was so funny, man. Like, he like, stole the show. Like, oh. everyone keeps talking about him. He's like, Yeah, I mean, part. right from the very beginning when, when he picks him up from jail and they're driving and he's like, yeah, my parents got a divorce. And he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry, you know. And he's like, yeah, I lost my job. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but I get the, I got the van. You know, like, and he's like, and it just like, and of course, my biggest thing was just the the two stories that Michael Pena told, where they're showing the story go down, but you're seeing everybody mouthing Michael Pena's words as he tells the story. You know, like, oh, let me tell you, man, we were sitting at the scene and we were, you know, and, and it's like, and the cameras following all the different characters, and it even led into the Stan Lee cameo in the second one, which I thought was great. Um, you know, all the way to, you know, like, and then they, you know, met this guy Falcon and he was like, you know, have you seen this guy? Like, you know, we got, we got strong guys. We got web crawler guys. We got guys climbing walls. Like, you know, like, and, and just like the way he told the story, I've always loved Michael Pena, man. This guy is just so hilarious. If you haven't seen Observer and Report, go watch that movie, man. He kills it in that film also. Um, but you know, but he, everything, man, I don't even, I hate T.I. when he pops up in movies and like TV shows. I'm like, oh man, T.I., you know, at least he's, at least he's better than RZA, but, um, but it's just T.I. is just, uh, but he was, he was good in Ant-Man, man. I give him props. Like he, he fit a role and he did it well. And I thought everybody did it well. The, like I said, the humor is what really, really brought this together. The action was great. Um, I thought the whole fight scene with Falcon was just phenomenal and it was so cool to kind of bleed in, you know, that, oh man, I fought an Avenger, you know, like that was like, he was so stoked on that and so proud of himself of what he did. Um, I think, I thought the shrinking technology, the way that they filmed that, the way they pulled it off, which is every time he went down that very first time he shrunk in the bathtub and the water splashed him out and he's falling through all the different levels of the, of the apartment building down into the club. And he's like trying to dodge getting stepped on. He's on the record player and he's like holding on for his life. And it just looked so phenomenal. I mean, I heard they created like some brand new technology to do that, and it looked so good. All the stuff with the ants, especially when he was in the ant hill running around with everybody, and you know, all the way into the heist of how he like rode the ants down the sewer pipe, and you know, like it just visually, it was a beautiful movie. And I just, like I said, the humor is what really brought it all together. Michael Douglas with his, you know, his tank keychain. Oh, it's not just a keychain. You know, <laughs> gigantic tank comes blasting through the building. Um, when did you catch that? Like, so the first <laughs> time they showed it, I was just like, oh, keychain. But then, like, they showed it again, and I was like, wait, they've showed that twice now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it the very first time they showed it, I thought there was too much of a focus on his keychain. So, I mean, uh, 
<laughs> I did not see it coming. I was an idiot. Well, I didn't know it was going to turn big and like blow up like that. But I, I thought, I thought it was going to play into something like later on. Like I thought, like another suit might have popped out of there, or like, you know, like I, I knew he had something planned with the tank. I just didn't know what it was. Um, but yeah, just the way they brought everything together. I mean, like I said, this movie just the flow of it was perfect, and they didn't overdo it. Like this movie runs, I think, almost exactly at two hours which was a perfect runtime for it because they didn't stretch anything out too long. They kept the pace moving real nice, and I, th- I thought it just paid off just phenomenally. So, uh, Peeps, w- what's your big positives coming off of this one? Mute. Ha-ha. Um, one of the biggest things that I enjoyed about this movie is um, the the way that he, I guess, fought like Falcon and the way he fights um, anybody, like how he kind of shrinks and grows and shrinks and grows, kind of how you were saying. Um, I, I, I love that. I honestly thought, was thinking like, okay, he's just going to be a little teeny tiny Ant-Man the whole time, punching people in the feet. And like, I didn't think he was really going to be doing anything. But, you know, when, you know, it, it got down to it, you know, he would shrink, he would punch him in the face and then he would grow and he would, drop kick like it was i really really liked that i i thought that was real fun and the effects when he would shrink how it would kind of show his body like the shadow and it's, it's it's exactly how it looks in the comics so i don't know and that was i i really really like that um like like with you um you know how you're talking about yellow jacket i mean you guys know me and my villains and you know this guy like the 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 actor cory you know Haim, whatever his name was cory stole but there you go um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I really liked to hate that guy. I mean, again, he, they're, Marvel's do, doing such a great job in casting. And, I mean, this guy, you know, I was like, oh, I don't like you, but I want to see you again, you know. And I, I would wish, you know, instead of, like, killing all these villains off, why don't we just arrest them and put them in a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility and they could all hang out with Abomination? You know, where the hell that is that guy? Like, I would like to kind of see, like, a bad guy prison or something. I, don't, I mean, they do it in the comics. Why? I don't know. Why can't they really do that here? I don't know. But um, dude, when he when he zapped that dude in the bathroom and he just turned him to goo, dude, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like, he just loogied that dude. Like, exactly. Damn. He just wiped him on up, flushed him down it, the toilet. He wipes, yeah, he washes his hands afterwards. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's just yeah. like casual. Yeah. Sorry, you, we haven't worked out the bugs. Peeps, I'm actually kind of surprised that you think he's dead. I, I mean, an <laughs> argument could be made that he's not dead. He's not dead. He he's, in the, he's in the quantum realm. Exactly. Oh, man, his arms are broke, at least. His arms <laughs> <laughs> Does, does that count as one of the Marvel losing the arms in Phase 2? Because that was the only I think, arm... I think I think that was the, the, oh. the arms, yeah. Um, but um, oh man, like uh, they, they, that fight with Falcon was was freaking epic, and I, and I honestly think one of the biggest reasons why this is such a successful movie, you know, if you've seen it, is um, because they did pick Scott Lang over Hank Pym. You know, Geeky Pad informed us, you know, some of Hank Pym's traits, you know, a while ago on the People's Forum, but like Hank Pym as a character, <laughs> um. <laughs> He's just not that interesting, of, or to me, he's just not that cool of a character. I, I just—he's annoying. He quits the Avengers. He wants to be Avenger, then he doesn't want to be it anymore, and then yeah, he's just annoying. And I don't know. I, I think they definitely did a—you know—did Ant Man justice by picking you know Scott Lang as as holding it instead of a uh, Hank Pym. So um, kudos to to them for that decision. Um, 
Snap, dude, like you said, man, the comedy was on point. Uh, you know, old dude's uh, stories on, you know. All right, man, just the details. Just the details. All right, all right, all right. See. All right, and, all right, all right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, it, it was it was really good. And that little heist group, you know, the, the Russian tech guy. I mean, I don't know, man. It was, it was really good. I, I, I really liked the movie, I guess. Um, and the lack of uh, love interest. Um, I, I mean, I love that, you know, Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie kind of started that, you know, just, just focus on the hero. Let's do the whole love shit later on. And uh, I think they uh, I, I really, really, really like it very much. And then the, the two stingers at the end. I mean, I, Don, I'm sure you're going to get into those a little bit later. But, man, like I haven't been so I'm so excited and so stoked for, you know, Winter Soldier or not Winter Soldier, but Captain America three. And I think this movie did justice like you know for a movie itself like it, it was a very successful movie but it was just as successful for getting me pumped about the future where i think age of ultron only got me pumped about the future and the movie was pretty fun but yeah <laughs> that's all i have to say about that mm-hmm. yeah i liked um when uh falcon you know, shows up against him and he, he he goes big and he's like, I'm Ant-Man. And he's like, what? And he's like, Iron Man was already taken. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like those quips were just so good, you know. And I just, yeah, the whole, I love that, that Falcon scene, man. They were yeah, like, he's just, sorry, sorry, like the whole time. Yeah, like he just, he hated it. And I liked how, you know, Falcon's all scanning the, the grass and you just see the little Ant-Man just running through the, the grass. And then, like you said, just, you know, blows up all big, throws him down shrinks down you know and then like, like how big. Could... yeah man like so fighting cool. something like that that'll be mad confusing and it's like ah oh, it was really good oh i love it the best is when he first shows up and he's like it's okay he can't see me he's like i could see you yeah exactly <laughs> you see me yeah it was so good so good get out of there get out of there now <laughs> yeah exactly like they were just like oh he's screwed man uh all right well friggins what are, what were your positives that you like really took away from this well, definitely everything you guys uh, have already kind of discussed and everything, but I really, really liked the fact. So number one, when the movie was over, and I, the first time I see it, and the movie is completely over, the first thing that pops in my head is like Michael Pena was so awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, he really stole the whole thing for me. I, I really enjoyed his performance, his character, that storytelling aspect that you guys already talked about, like. That really took away everything else for me. Like that was so. Yeah, I'm not perfect. scared. It's okay. I'm not scared. I'm not <laughs> yeah, scared. I don't get scared, dude. And how funny is it that you have this character who, you know, looks the, the part of like the you know ghetto vato guy, and he's like, oh, I'm at a wine tasting. I'm at an art gallery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. <laughs> I don't know. Loved it. It was really, really well done um, for those two scenes, and, and with throwing Stan Lee in that in, in, for his cameo to be in part of that was just it was freaking perfect it was just so, so well done um so that was like the number one thing i walked away with the other thing that i really like about this is the fact that they can take another character from a comic book that nobody really cares about and make them huge and yeah. it's just awesome that they they've established this formula to be able to do that um you know I, everyone 
we talked about it already, Don, where you were saying like people that, you know, only watch these movies are coming up to us and saying, well, I don't know about Ant-Man. Like, what did you say when Iron Man came out? Like, if you weren't reading comic books, you didn't really know much about Iron Man. Like, you know, but you went and saw that and you went and saw Thor. Like, if you're not reading comic books, it's just how is that going to work? I remember when when Thor came out, everyone was like, how are they going to make this character, you know, into a movie that's going to be accepted? And 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 look at it now. So I think what I really like about this is that Marvel's still doing that, still taking characters that may not seem to, you know, on the surface, uh, be able to be popular and carry uh, a franchise. And yet here we are with Ant-Man and we're all loving Ant-Man. I'm not going to go and read the Ant-Man comic books anymore. I mean, you know, it doesn't make me like him anymore in the comics, but as far as movies go, I can't wait to see him in that next movie. That was definitely an aspect that i really liked um is them just continuing that trend <clears throat> the the 3d i mentioned already you know definitely um was a, a positive uh, and also um i really liked what sean was saying with the the lack of the focus on the love story like we get it a little bit and by the end you realize that there's a relationship there but they didn't beat us over the head with it and no, and they did it so great too. Because when he opens the door and they're kissing, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, she just pounced on me," you know, like out yeah. of nowhere, like I told you to keep your hands off me, you know. Shame on you. Yeah, yeah. you know, like I just I just so, love like the way that they just they, like I said, it goes back to that humor, man. Just they killed it. Just like when when he tells. Uh, when Michael Douglas finally tells Hope, like, the story about the Wasp and, like, his, her mom and, like, everything that happened. And then he he's all, like, <laughs> you know, he's like, this <laughs> he is ruins great. The moment, this yeah, is man. great, you know, like, you guys are opening up. And they just look at him, like, all pissed off. And, I, I just ruined the moment, the moment didn't, I? didn't I? <laughs> I'm going to go get some tea. <laughs> you know, like, it's just so perfect. <laughs> And the ant. I mean, come on. The the little ant that got giant size and the train getting giant size. Like, so funny. Freaking awesome. But, yeah, ultimately, it's it's just a good, fun ride. And, you know, that mixed in with everything else you guys have talked about and the way that they made the costumes look really cool. I'm, like, big on costumes. And Ant-Man's costume was fantastic. Like, I would want to cosplay as that. Like, it looks so cool. And, and, and Yellow Jacket, same. So they just they really put a lot of effort into this and it shows with with the final product. Faux show, geeky Pat. What were your big takeaways? Well, I like the genuineness of Paul Rudd's character. I mean, it it was funny, but it wasn't like a silly ass movie. You know, it wasn't over the top funny or anything like that. It was it was pretty grounded humor in a world that was kind of still serious. So the movie takes itself serious. It's not like the movie doesn't take itself serious. It does. But then it's, it's also fun. Like even like the prison scene when he's like getting beat up before he leaves like that, like you guys have some weird, uh, some weird traditions or something. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think you really care about him. You feel bad about the whole situation with his daughter and the birthday party. And then he can't get a job. Baskin Robin knows always finds out. And uh, he's all like, I'm good. I got a, I got a bachelor's degree. And he's all like, welcome to Baskin Robbins. You know, I mean, so it was still funny, but it was still grounded. Like, it felt bad for him because he was in Baskin Robbins. Then he got fired from that, from his boss, which out of, out of all the dudes in that movie, he was just weird. <laughs> I didn't really know how to take that character as boss. Um, that guy was creepy. <laughs> yeah, it was creepy weird. But uh, I think that as a, as a character, uh, Scott, I really – 
I think more so than even like like they tried to do it with Captain America a little bit. Like he was like, you know, young and skinny, and he really wanted to be out there, and he wanted to be the big guy, and then you know he becomes Captain America. But it it, it seemed forced. Where this one, I gradually really was rooting for him and wanted him to succeed, and then. You know, he gets arrested again, and I was like, oh, no, what's going to happen to him and his daughter? And then the, the the dad's like a crazy cop. I don't know, like, that is one of my negatives. We'll talk about it, I guess, then, but I, I didn't get that guy's obsession. But uh, it, I felt bad, like, everything was going against him, and then, and then like, when, it, when he was redeemed, when he became Ant-Man, everything came. I think it meant so much more because they established – and grounded that character in this Marvel universe and grounded him into the storyline. So it to me, I feel like that Ant-Man's gonna carry himself and carry his his own in the Avengers movies. Like I can't wait to see him like on the shoulder of like Hawkeye or on Hawkeye's arrow. Arrow. Yeah, that's yeah, gonna be great. Dude. Yeah. It's gonna and he's gonna like, get all punch somebody, you know, oh, it's gonna be so cool. And like I, I, I was worried about that. I didn't know how they were gonna make the character and if I was gonna relate to him very well, um, because some, like I said, the origin story of Captain America wasn't that good to me. It's not high on my list of Marvel Cinematic Universe, so could have kind of went that way, um, and I just didn't want it to. So I'm glad that it didn't. I do like all the characters, even the little friends, like all the guys in the apartments and stuff. I, I actually. They endeared to me. They were part. I, I liked them. I didn't like. There's like. There's this like Mission Impossible scene where they're all in the van and stuff. I mean, there's so many great aspects of this movie, by the way, because it does like lean against stuff like that. But they're like breaking into the main building and and the two guys are in the van and dude, they were just great. I just didn't want them to get caught. I was really wrapped up into it. So the characters in this in this movie, they're really really good and and they had a chance to be campy and they had a chance that they could be overly stupidly funny or overly, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but they could have been really lame, I guess, but they weren't. Even the scenes where the guy's like, my, my cousin said this. And then I went to, you know, with uh, Pina, I, I mean, I never once did it. The word I'm looking for is it never suspended my, my disbelief, right? It never, it never made me come out of the movie. So the whole time I'm wrapped into this movie. And how long was that movie done? It's two hours. It didn't seem like two hours, did it? It just went flew right by. Yeah, so I'm um, saying the pacing was great. Yeah, so it's like what I take from this movie is if you if you're worried about it not being a serious MCU movie, it really is at its core. It's really serious. It really has a great story within it. It doesn't just have like a bad like you know. Uh, it's not a teen movie. It's not a, a funny movie. All the things that people were saying it was going to be because of who the writer was and because Paul Rudd was going to be in it. But it, it it actually has a great story, but it has a – it was incredibly funny. It was incredibly fun. Um, like you said, when they fell into the briefcase and they started fighting in that briefcase, it was like because he was miniature, it was like this huge battle arena. And then like a phone was flying by and they hit the phone over <laughs> and the music kicked on. <laughs> it was awesome. just, it was just fun. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, there, there was, there was real stakes in the movie. I like the fact that it was real stakes in the movie, but it wasn't like if he failed, the world was going to end. I mean, they were just going to put these armies out and, it would have just been one more thing the Avengers had to clean up probably in the end. I don't think it was going to be world ending, but like like they were trying to say when I guess the original Ant-Man was like, no, it's going to end the world. I don't think so. I think they could have stopped it, but 
I felt like it was still important. I felt like the, the, the mission was still important. It had something to do with him redeeming himself to his daughter. It had to do something with Hank. He needed to make sure he could redeem the company's name. His daughter was invested because their mom died a hero. I mean, just all the aspects of character development was there. And more importantly, it was fun. And you know what? Seeing it in IMAX 3D is the way to go. I would spend the extra money. I would go see it in IMAX 3D. It was terribly funny. The only thing that was weird was he, when he stole the suit, he like put it on a hanger because it was like hanging in his bathtub on a hanger. And I remember thinking, how would he do that? <laughs> how would he hang it up? But anyway, that's just <laughs> my Star-Lord costume on a hanger. I mean, come on. Yeah, but you didn't steal it out of a – you didn't think it was a useless bicycle outfit when you stole it. I didn't? Well, maybe you did. I don't <laughs> you know. know that. But, I mean, ultimately, if you compare it to the other movies – I think it holds up. I mean, better than some of them, maybe. I think it holds up better than maybe Thor and, and holds up better, definitely better than Iron Man 3. But um, even Captain America, it, it holds up. I mean, it, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say it's a Winter Soldier. I'm not. Okay, well, but... you're going to rank them later, so don't get too much into that. You're like going all through I'm... them all right now. It's better than this one. It's better than this one. It's better than <laughs> this one. <laughs> I'm, just trying to get, I'm just trying to give an idea, though, that it, it really does hold up in this universe because yes. that's what everyone else has been complaining to me about. It's like, oh, it's not really going to fit. He's not really going to be an Avengers. It's kind of going to be its own thing. And I, I just don't see it that way now. After Coming out of that movie, I think one of the first things I said to you was, I really like now how he's going to be part of this universe and he's going to fit perfectly, you know? And so that's my big takeout. I mean, it, takeaway is that it's just a great movie and, and, and they did the characters all right. And they have a lot of like little side characters. Like, you know, you're going to have wasp. You're going to have, you know, it's not the last time you're going to see the yellow jacket. Cause that guy ran off with that. What was it called? That yellow serum stuff. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called in the movie. They had a name for it, but he ran off with that yellow serum and so Hell I think Hydra. there's going to be Hail Hydra. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to have more to it. So I, I really think that it's opening up things to possibly even, even to shield and some other things, you know? Yeah. Maybe he gives that yellow serum to Ward or something like that, you know, since he's kind of building his own team or something. Yeah. It could definitely connect to, yeah, to shield and I mean, other things. Yeah. I think, I think it's grounded now in that universe for me and it wasn't really in my mind grounded yet. And when I left, I was like, this is awesome. This is a great movie. And it's really part of this universe now. Alrighty. Alrighty. Another funny scene. I remember when they're fighting at the end in his daughter's room and after the big toy uh, train goes through the front roof um, with uh, Michael Pena and the guys in the van, they're like, man, we got to go get our friend. <laughs> and then like yeah, all the cops are there backing back up. up. Backing up, backing up, backing up, backing up, just backing up. Like, so good, man. I love moments like that in movies. Did anything get, like, ruined for you guys? Like, like, the the number one thing I could think of is Falcon. I was lucky enough that I had no clue, and so when Falcon showed up, I was like, holy shit! And Vanessa, she looks at me, she's like, um, you didn't know about that? I saw that on Twitter, or instagram or something and i would have been so mad if that got yeah ruined. well that got ruined for me i told i told pat uh that that night him and my brother-in-law like we had dinner before the movie and i said there's one spoiler i know of and i didn't spoil it for them because they didn't know yet but i said there's one thing I, I i accidentally saw it on a commercial and it was the falcon thing i had dvr'd a tv show and i was fast forwarding through the commercial and i'm going through the commercial real quick and i caught falcon 
in the fast forward and I was like, uh-huh. wait a minute. And I rewinded and I rewinded it and I was like, did I just fucking see Falcon in the Ant-Man commercial? And like, sure enough, they show Falcon talking to, to Scott and I was like, it didn't show them fighting. So at least that was kind of cool. Like that was a little bit different. And then it, it like, they just showed Falcon being like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Ant-Man. Iron Man was taken. And they showed that thing. And I figured in my mind at the time that that was going to be like an end credit scene that they kind of leaked out early, like like he was going to recruit Ant-Man, you know, for like the Avengers or something. Oh, okay. And, and so, like, I, I had a different idea of what that scene was going to be, but it did get spoiled. Like, I knew Falcon was going to pop up, so I was just kind of waiting for it. So as soon as I saw him coming down on the Avengers facility, I was like, oh, I bet this is where Falcon comes into play. Oh, that's You know, so, it, yeah, it did suck because that totally got ruined, and I don't understand why in a million years they would have thrown that into the commercial. And, and I think that was more of a panic move on the marketing side to make them be like, again, for people that are like hesitating to see, you know, Ant-Man to be like, Oh look, here's a familiar face in this movie that you're going to like. And they're like, Oh, well Falcon's in this movie. I'm going to go see this, you know, like I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the more and more I'm afraid to watch certain trailers now. I mean, like Terminator did it to me. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't see that trailer. I would have been, I mean, Don handled it better than me. I would have been mad. I mean, that was a big part of that movie, and it was a really fun part of the movie. And I guess it didn't really take away from the actual scene itself, but just knowing it was there would have been rough for me, you know? Yeah, having that surprise, it just impacts you differently. Like, I just got super excited about it, and it just made, like, this huge, you know, nerdgasm. And it, it, to not <laughs> – to already know that it was coming, like, would have been really, really sad. Uh, I'm, but to to Don's credit, I mean, I think they, I think it is them panicking. I mean, I think that's what happened with Terminator. I think they panicked and started the show. Well, we'll just show the twist now. I don't even think the director wanted it. I think he was mad that it got out. Yeah. I don't know how. The, I don't know if this was the same way. I don't know if Feige knew or whatever. I guess he would have to. He's the Godfather, right? They has to get approval. But I mean, I feel like stop panicking. Just let the movie go. I mean, they were trying to say, look, the Avengers are in it, even though it was one Avengers. You know, he is part of the Avenger universe. Come watch it. I don't know if like that helped posters. or hindered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like adding the posters in. I think they, they did enough connecting it anyway. And I think word of mouth would have got out because it did definitely in my my life. And I know Don's telling people and you guys are probably telling people. And now we're giving word of mouth out with this show that they didn't really need to spoil the movies for us. And I'm kind of getting worried about. I mean, ask Don. I, I'm like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Don's like, it doesn't show much. He has to like talk me into it. You know, it's. <laughs> It's it, it's getting sad. I mean, I really, uh, it really is scaring me when I start to see things now. Because if I would have saw that, I would have been upset. And I'm glad I missed it. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. And they didn't. Luckily, they didn't start playing that ad until about a week before the movie came out. But it's still kind of stupid that they went there. All right. Well, keeping kind of up with things that make us mad, we're gonna go with um our negatives of the film. Like I said, I don't really have much to go off on because I really thoroughly enjoyed this film. Uh, if I have to nitpick on a couple things, I only got a couple things that I wanted to p- bring up. Um, one is going to be, and I know this was one of Pat's things too, which was the police. Uh, and just yeah. like the, <laughs> just the over craziness of the police in this movie to catch Scott. Um, you know, I felt like, okay, so Scott gets arrested for a simple breaking and entering, which 
first of all, could have easily been solved if Hope would have just called the police house and just said, hey, I'm dropping charges. It was an accident. I thought he was a burglar, but it's my dad's friend or, or something. Hey, it's, it's my buddy. I can't. He, well, he goes Hope, call, Hope, call, the jail. Hope called the cops. So like, so all Hope had to, had to do was just be like, I'm dropping the charges. No biggie whoopee. And he's out of prison. Right. But instead he has him break out, which then of course sets the police on like this tyrant through, you know, <laughs> through the city. And I mean, so much to the fact of when that big cross technologies thing is going on at the end, the cops are like ready to arrest Hank Pym at the party and like all this stuff because, you know, because they're looking for Hank and it's just, or they're looking for Scott. And I just felt like they were acting like he was like the America's most wanted in in this movie. Yeah, he was a terrorist. Yeah, like, I mean, it just, it was too many cops, too many things looking for him. And I thought it was just a little bit much, especially when it could have been handled with a simple, you know, hope phone call just saying like, hey, I'm dropping the charges since she admitted she was the one that called the cops on him. So and that... then after all of that stuff, the, the guy tells uh, Scott at the end like, oh, I told my boss that it was just an error. So you sent like 50,000 <laughs> cops out for a stupid little technical error? <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So that that's one of my biggest beefs with the film. Uh, another nitpick one is going to be Yellow Jacket. Um, I loved Yellow Jacket. I thought he was a really cool villain. He, and I, like I said, I loved Corey Stoll's portrayal of just the businessman side of things all the way into being Yellow Jacket. The thing is, though, is we didn't really get Yellow Jacket until the last 10 minutes of the film. And that kind of bummed me out because I thought he was going to be more of a menace in the entire film. Um, you know, I thought that he was already going to be in the suit and kind of like trying to stop Ant-Man earlier. Like I thought they'd have a couple different encounters, you know, but it really was just the very end of the film. By the time he like is getting away in the helicopter and he jumps in the helicopter and all of a sudden he's in the Ant-Man, he's in the yellow jacket suit and they start fighting and it's literally the last 10 minutes of the movie. So I felt like they wasted an opportunity there because he was a really cool villain and I was really digging the portrayal of it all, but it just felt like they just kind of dropped the ball on really utilizing a really cool villain in more of a, of a bigger way. And, um, lastly, and and this is really kind of just a nitpicky thing again too, but speaking of them fighting in the helicopter and then when they did that fight scene in the briefcase, I thought it was super ridiculous that, they're fighting in the briefcase. The briefcase falls out of the helicopter, right? And it falls all the way down to that house and it falls in the pool yeah. and they start fighting at these people's house. Who are the first two cops to show up? It's the fucking ex-wife's husband and his partner who have been looking <laughs> for the him the entire car. movie. Not only did they have the fastest car, they wouldn't have been following the briefcase <laughs> falling from they the sky. They, they would have watched that exactly. helicopter they crash followed, and ran over there. They would have followed the helicopter, and they would have saw where the helicopter went down. How the hell did they get off track and be like, oh, look, there's a briefcase falling. Let's go over to that house and follow where the briefcase fell. I didn't even catch that. That's oh, funny. I know. That's a really good point. <laughs> it's really that retarded. Made going crazy about that. <laughs> it, it killed me because I don't even think they were fighting for a minute yet, and they popped up in the backyard like, freeze! And I'm like, really? And like, where did they come from? Like, they literally just fell in a briefcase case (laughs) like it just like i understood they were driving under the helicopter following the helicopter but why would you ever stray away from the helicopter like they 
I just I thought that was a really big stretch for me to believe in. Um, but honestly, I think that's about all I got is, is literally just the briefcase falling, Yellow Jacket not being utilized to his full effect, and just uh, I thought the police just kind of overdid it a tad looking for a simple little burglary <laughs> guy uh, who broke into a house. So um, every, other than that, I love the damn movie. So like that, that's, that's my stretches of uh, nitpicking there. So Peeps, what, do you have any negatives? Um, again, just being nitpicky like you, um, I hated, hated, hated his wife. Um, it, it kind of like gave me that Mrs. Doubtfire kind of feeling like when I saw that movie, it's just like, oh, I'm such a bitch. Cause you're, uh, like, uh, I just, I couldn't stand her. It really bothered me. I, I liked the relationship between him and his daughter, but like, uh, I just hate seeing movies like that where the wife is just completely shutting him out and he's trying to do the best, but she's still shooting him out. It's just. Ah, that, she frustrated me. I'm glad we only got like a little piece of her. Um, and I guess same thing goes with a you know psycho cop dad. She I think. was worried though because her kids were stuck on Jurassic World. That's yeah. true. That's, nice. that's true. true. She had other shit to worry about, See? dude. Come on, you, you, you got to think of the big picture. You send your kids to a place with like twelve carnivorous <laughs> animals, and you're, you're it's like, all connected. Hashtag it's like, all connected. <laughs> Oh, um, I, I guess another thing that kind of bothered me a little bit, and I don't know if this is official or anything, but I don't think the the Ant Man suit was bulletproof because he got tased, and the taser stuck in his suit. So I'm, if a little pin needle thing can stick in your suit, I'm assuming a bullet can go through it. And I'm like, why the hell isn't the suit bulletproof? If you're running through, you know, military and fighting, you know, I. I, maybe it slows the suit down. I have no idea. I haven't built an Ant-Man suit before, so I don't know if it messes with the technology. But I'm just saying, I just thought the suit, you know, could have been probably a little bit more awesome. I, I hate. <laughs> I did hate that taste scene. I think I Don said the same yeah. thing. I yeah. laughed. I was like, really, a taser just took him down after all of this? Completely takes him out. Yeah. There's a lot of metal on the suit, so it probably, you know, like was bouncing off all the metal in there. Come on, guys. Okay. Yeah. No. You're done. Right. <laughs> you, you don't get a, a, a so, but you know, I if anyone here has built a uh, Ant Man suit, I do believe it's Frag. <laughs> that built one, so right. he might be the expert. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, and I mean, they kind of did, but they didn't. And I was really had, and this is my own fault. I set myself up for this one, but I really wanted to see like a nod to like Giant Man. Uh, I was going to maybe post credit scene where. You know, those that are fans of the comic know what I'm talking about, but those that aren't, you know, Ant-Man, um, a.k.a. Hank Pym, is also known as Giant-Man. He can make himself go stupidly small, and he can also make himself grow to the size of a sky- skyscraper. So it's like, I kind of wanted to see that, but they, they didn't really touch on it. But they kind of touched on it when he <laughs> shrunk from a little millicron to... So he grew, right? So I guess that Yeah, like, I, I thought that's how he was going to get out of that quantum realm. Was yeah. like that he reversed the the belt buckle there. Remember when when Michael Douglas was like, "Don't mess with it," you know, because if you mess with it, you might go into the you know the quantum realm and all this stuff. <laughs> like I knew that was gonna come back into play, and I yeah. thought that's how he was gonna get out of it. Was he was gonna like flip the switch and he was gonna grow really big and come blasting yeah. out of that thing. Definitely, so I definitely. thought that's where they were going, but he stopped growing as soon as he came out of it. But uh, you know, if the rumors hold true, then we might be seeing some giant man in Civil War, so we'll see. Oh my gosh, Civil War is going to be ridiculous at this point. Um, uh, that's really all I got. I mean, it, it was just such a gorgeous movie, and, and I think it was very well done, and I 
trying to be nitpicky. I, I, I can't even really be that nitpicky ish about it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, Fred. Uh, you know, I, I agree a lot with what you were talking about with the, the cop guys. Those, I, I didn't see the necessity for that kind of B storyline of, of the cops chasing and they could have handled it a little differently there. Um, that kind of pulled away. Um, and... I love the stupidity of the cops. It's like first they went after Hank Pym, then they <laughs> went after the guys in the van, and then they went back into the building. It's like, yeah, where's your focus there, buddy? They're just all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they need to go to some more training. I mean, come on. But um, I also was a little disappointed that we didn't get more of Yellow Jacket. Uh, I, you know, same thing that you were saying there. So pretty much the, the most negatives I have is the same ones that you've already noted. One other thing, though, and so for me, like when I was – and I know we're not ranking yet, but when I was thinking of my ranking, you know, I kind of started thinking about this right after you know, I saw the movie. And I'm kind of like, well, where does this fall? And I think that one of the things that takes away from it is the fact that it's Ant-Man. Um, it's a great movie. It's awesome. But it had that negative effect to people – wanting to go see it. And even as I saw it, even though I really enjoyed the movie, I still kind of lean back and say, like, this is an awesome, this is awesome, but it's not the same as seeing Captain America or Thor or Iron Man or the Guardians. And and that probably comes from the nostalgic factor. Like, those are the characters I read in comic books and I never really read Ant-Man. But I, for some reason, I, I as much as I like that they're introducing us to new, this new character, to me it also kind of, um, in a way, kind of like was taking away from maybe some excitement that I would have had. Like I had so much excitement when I saw Falcon and I don't know. I just felt like somewhere in there, it kind of loses you when it's not someone. So you're, you're saying because you because weren't a Sandman. previous fan. <laughs> you marked it down. <laughs> I'm just saying. Lame. It's not a negative. They don't get points it... for like knowing him like before. You can't give him like. He's like, know. I love the movie, but he's not as cool as Thor, Captain America. So oh, I'm yeah, gonna break it lower. It's still a good movie though. But he's just not. He's that's like, a lame well, ass problem. So really, his <laughs> negative. Here's his negative. Yeah. It's not the it's Avengers. Not so, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's not as cool <laughs> as the other guys, so you know. If the movie was called Captain America, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Eh, probably. <laughs> all right, is that all you got? Yeah, it's just basically. Because I'm about to cut you, you off anyway. Said, <laughs> cut his mic. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. It's all the other things you, you had mentioned anyway, but yeah. Geeky Pat, what's your negatives? Well, it didn't have Tony Stark <laughs> in it. So, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, or Gilbert no, Godfrey. Uh, I uh, I think well we already covered the cops part. I really, I really hated the father in the movie. He just seemed so obsessive. Like he's blowing off his daughter's stuff to chase down the ex husband. He's he's like risking his job that you know he's supposed to be the stable force in this little girl's life. And and the other guy, Paul Rudd's character there, uh, he's. Scott, he's not stable at all. But then he's like throwing everything away to catch this guy. And, and all he did was break and enter. I mean, that was it. He broke and enter. Um, probably, probably had a made... strike on parole. So he just wanted to put him away for good or something. I True. Know. I mean, I guess he, he is. But maybe he's not on parole. He may have served his whole time. I don't remember them saying parole. Did, did he get paroled? 
I don't know. I'm sure he was probably on some. I mean, ninety percent of the time they get paroled. Yeah, when as soon as you come out of prison, you're usually. It's a movie, so they're always paroled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess. But uh, I kind of hated that. I did. I kind of hated that guy's character. He just seemed unnecessarily crazy over the whole thing, especially at the end when it was just all like, yeah, you're cool. We're sitting at the dinner table now and everything's fine. I mean, I'd have been like, look, I don't like you because what you did, you chased me this whole time, treated me like crap. And now because I'm a superhero, I'm I'm, I'm cool in your book, you know? I yeah, just, you detective I'm... lanced me. You're a dick, bro. Exactly. I mean, I just I feel like that like that relationship should never have been able to be repaired after all that. Um I um I think one of my other biggest problems was I didn't like how they used Hydra in the movie. I mean, it was kind of like, here's Hydra, but they're the other I mean, why would he sit and explain who these guys were? I just didn't get that whole part why he would tell Hank Pym, oh, I'm selling your stuff to Hydra. They're really not the bad guys they used to be, other than just to make the bad guy even a worse guy. Because it wasn't like he was just selling a weapon to get rich. He's selling the weapon to Hydra, so he's obviously more evil. And I just didn't think that was needed in the movie. The guy had a really great need to prove himself, and he didn't need to have to have, well, I'm such a bad guy, I'm selling it to terrorists. You know, and they're not normal terrorists anymore. So I, I don't know. I kind of hated that portion of the movie. Um, what was the other thing? We already covered the the other stuff that we talked about. Oh, also, I um, I feel like the whole how do I put this? I feel like more Avenger input would have happened if some guy infiltrated Avengers and stole a. A item, and and they just now he just now gets around to telling Captain America someone infiltrated the Avengers headquarters and stole something. I feel like that's just not how that would have rolled. So that kind of bothered me too. I mean, like they they were all out, they were all away on a vacation on. All right, I got nothing. But they didn't have any shield agents there. I mean, you know, no. Falcon's getting his ass handed to him. He's not gonna have back. I mean, he was even talking to somebody. Somebody, yeah, but like it was no, <laughs> yeah, like there was. I think that was a blatant drop of the ball. I think, but they just wanted to add that cool Avenger scene in. But then again, like he just invaded. They don't know who he is. He just took something from them, and like that would be a big deal, I would think. And maybe they'll touch it later, and like. Agents of Shield or something like that, but um, I felt like that was dropped. Um, I wanted to see like Nick Fury, some kind of agent in here, maybe something saying Shield was part of it. I feel like if Iron Man was building a suit and they knew about this, and Hank Pym had a suit and he was part of Shield, I like the Shield in the back, like they had the Shield in the past. But, like, there was no S.H.I.E.L.D. interaction in the present. So. Well, I kind of like that because, like, Hank Pym wanted S.H.I.E.L.D. nowhere near this. He didn't trust S.H.I.E.L.D. and especially Tony Stark. He's like, could you imagine Tony Stark getting a hold of my technology? Absolutely not, you know. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that. Yeah it, made, yeah, it made sense. I get that, but now he's using the suit again. Like, you would think they'd be on their radar is all I'm saying. You know, like, maybe like, hey. Yeah, but yeah. He, Scott was only using the suit for, like, a day like that anybody would have known of. So, I mean... That could, right, that, that'll enough. come into play. Day, but fair enough, it wasn't that long. But I mean, and he wasn't like Iron Man, where he's like flying around, like woo, 
You yeah, know? well, that's what I'm saying. Like, as far as like anybody seeing him publicly, it was like the break in at the you know when they did the heist. Like that was like the big like coming out of him being in that suit again, and then whenever Falcon probably reported it, so. <laughs> you know, like I mean, or didn't report it because he got his ass. <laughs> exactly <out>. right. <laughs> Don't let Cap know about this. I, in, in a little bit, I felt like the scene where they're in the car and they're like getting his powers and they're getting along now, and then they come inside and he just like goes right to telling him about her mom, telling her about her mom. I felt that was a little forced. Like I, it was like pushed in there for some reason. Like I don't know. It didn't feel natural. Huh. I, I did like the. Natural. I I like the scene. But it was like they had a big fight. She goes out. He comes in. He's like, I can't tell you. Then like he, she comes in and he's all like, oh, your mom really didn't die this way. She was a hero. And blah. And I don't know. I just felt like, okay, there you go. Big hero montage. I don't know. Yeah, kind of bothered me. But they, got, but they got in the fight because he wouldn't tell her. And that's why she stormed out of the house. So he finally was like, okay, fine. Like, you're old enough to know. Here's the story. Here's why. Like, so uh, it she played enough to know. She's like almost 28 or something like that. I mean, I don't know. It felt, <laughs> Remember, it felt he, didn't want to, he didn't want to tell her to protect her. <laughs> you know, but he, what? <laughs> he, he didn't he was, she was still working on shrinking technology. She was working at his plant. I just felt like, I don't know. It just yeah, his, his reasons didn't make sense, but. Yeah, it, that's it, what I'm saying. I mean, it felt like after that scene like happened, the flow put it all together him. in my head. The flow of him telling her the story, though, after that fight made sense, though. It didn't make – it wasn't like, you know, she she messed something else up or or it was like, oh, the ant put three cubes of sugar in that coffee and not two, you know. And then she's like, oh, I hate you, and then storms out of the house. And then when she comes back in, he's like, okay, here's what happened with your mother. <laughs> like, like it, 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 told wow. the st- it told the story perfectly because she's like, why won't you tell me what happened to my mom? And he's like, I can't. And then she storms out of the house. And when she comes back in, he tells her the story. Like, so I, that I, at least I, flowed together. I guess it just seemed – it seemed like the whole thing was unnecessary. Like, why would he hold? Why, why was this such a secret this far, this long? I, so I didn't we really could hear to... the story being told. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair That's enough. Exactly I guess. what it is. He's not gonna. They didn't want to show a flashback scene of him telling his ten-year-old daughter what happened. They wanted to, you know, they wanted to show us now. So the only way to make yeah. that work was to have him keep it a secret. I, I would have been shows. angry at him anyway. I'd have been like, "You kept this from me. I thought my mom died in a car." You know. But anyway, that's me. But that's really all I have. I mean, other than the <laughs> fact that you know, it's not a you know an adventure movie. I really liked it, and so. <laughs> well, duh. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, right. Fred, you said, well, and it's Ant Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only reason it's not higher on my list is because Captain America or Thor's not in it. It's not Ant Man. It's Ant Man. Uh, well, that's the name of the movie. What is? Oh, God. It's still a good movie. All right. All right. Let's go around and give our final scores on this thing, and then we'll rank down our MCU films. So for me, is no shot. What? what about after credit scenes? Oh, yeah. So after credit real quick here. Um, we kind of t- touched on the first one, which, is, of course, you got the mid credit scene, which is, um, you know, Hank taking Hope over to a special doorway. It opens up and you got the brand new Wasp outfit uh, hanging on the wall. And he's like, you know, we've been working on this and it's yours. And she's like, oh, it's about time. You know, and she's super stoked about it because obviously she wanted to wear the suit the whole damn movie. Um, so that was cool. Um, it was something that ever since they casted her and I saw her hairstyle and everything, I was like, she's totally going to be Wasp. Right. (laughs) And and then she never did the whole movie. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. So I I was expecting 
one of the after credit scenes to be something like that, and it definitely paid off. And then our very end credit scene cuts to um, kind of a dingy little warehouse, and you see the Winter Soldier, and his arm is like trapped in a vice, and it's Falcon and Cap talking, and Falcon's like, you know, are we going to call this in? Should we call Stark? And and Cap is like, no, we can't call Stark, you know, and, and obviously the Civil War thing has started, and there's some kind of new rule or, you know, policy in play, and that's why they're trying to keep it on the down low of, you know, who they found here, and then it goes to the, you know, Falcon being like, well, I know a guy, <laughs> and then the screen says, <laughs> Ant-Man will return, um, which, you know, I like I liked them keeping the theme of the, I know a guy, because that was, you know, what Michael Douglas had said when he found Scott, um, so I, I liked that they kind of kept that thing going. I don't really know what the hell that has to do with Ant-Man helping them get Bucky, like, <laughs> out of that warehouse, but, you know, hey, it's, uh, it was cool to see, uh, and especially when you find out to, that that scene um, at the very, very end is actually a clip from Civil War. Like, that was not really intended to be an after credit scene. Um, that was just, <laughs> they're currently filming Civil War. They had that scene shot, and they knew that it tied in with Ant-Man. So they just literally gave that scene up to the movie and said, here, you can throw this on as an after credit scene. So that's actually a clip from Civil War. Um, which is kind of cool. That's the first time that they've actually put in an actual piece of filming into a film. As all all the previous like after credit scenes have always been an actual shot directed clip that was meant to be after credits and you never see it again. Whereas this is literally taking a scene from that movie to show you that. Well, kind of the Avengers back. where they did the whole Captain America boxing in the little you know area when Nick Fury brings them that that. You know what I mean? When he brings him that file and he opens it. And... I'll say, yeah. Yeah. But that's, that wasn't, but that's that wasn't a good point. But that was like a scene, but they reshot it when they did Avengers and kind of like tweaked it a bit. But like what I think your point, Don, is that they're like, this is the first time they flat out took a scene that's Right. In like that movie. was like the Russo brothers directed that and said, here, <laughs> you put this clip in. So, oh, okay. you know, like that's actually from Civil War. Um, I think you guys got it all wrong, though. It's not going to be Ant-Man. It's going to be Coulson. Yeah, Coulson. I know a guy. Coulson's going to come. Yeah. <laughs> With his robot head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so two pretty cool after-credits scenes. Doug, both of them for sure. And, uh, you know, definitely lead us into a good direction. Like I said, Kevin Feige already confirmed that Wasp will be seen before Phase 3 is up. Uh, there was, at one point, they were going to throw her into Civil War, but they said, you know what, we already got a lot of damn characters in this movie, so we're going to hold off on Wasp. So they, yeah. they, they took Wasp out of that one. Uh, but she was originally supposed to be in Civil War. Um, but I'm kind of curious. I don't know where she would pop up, really, in any of the other films. Um, but he guarantees it's before Phase 3, so... Um, and then, of course, you know, we already know where Civil War is going, so we're just excited to know that Ant-Man is going to be representing in Civil War. And I can't wait to, like I said before, see him up on that screen, interacting with, you know, a Tony and, a, you know, Steve Rogers, like, and stuff. Like, that's going to be awesome. So Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man meeting Ant-Man. It's going to be, they're going to talk about bugs. Like, it's going to be cool. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> so Peeps, anything you want to add on the after credit scenes? No, man, it's just they're, they're both, you know, super, super great, super good. I didn't know that until Geeky Pat told me that that was a scene uh, taken from uh, Civil War. Um, and I, I, Geeky Pat and I, I mean, we are just trying to figure out, like, what was going on? Like, did they just get done fighting? Was, it, why is he in the, yeah. was he in a vice? Like, what was going on? Like, you're all out of breath and dirty, and I don't know, man. That's 
Ah, no, I just, that's, why, that, that's why I was saying that. uniform either. Yeah, and that's why I was saying like that. If you look at it as an after credit scene, it kind of almost doesn't make sense. You're just like, what yeah. the hell's going on in this? But when you know that it's an actual clip in the movie, and there's obviously stuff that happened before that that you're gonna get <laughs> to see in in less than a year, that's pretty cool. That was yeah. my biggest worry after seeing it. Was I was thinking. I wanted to see how they caught him. Like, what did they do to get to that point? Like, how did they find out where was he? How did they fight him? How did they get dirty? How did they catch him? How did they get his arm in that yeah. thing? Like, it was. I was a little more like and I had all and they're these not in costume, and and they're not in yeah. costume. And, and then he mentions like Stark says something about the Accords or not Stark, um, uh, Cap. He okay. says, well, oh, something Cap. about the 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 Accords, and I was like, well, what the hell's an Accord? So I was like trying to figure this out. So. Thank you, Don, for breaking that news that this is part of the the Civil War uh, film because I was really confused for the for a little while there. Yeah, and I think the whole Accords thing is some kind of like part of the you know Superhero Registration Act and all that kind of stuff. So mm. it's gonna be interesting. So Ray, Fred, Ray. anything else you want to add on the after credit scenes? One last thing in, in regards to the Wasp, I thought there was kind of a little subtlety there, and maybe I'm running uh, like reading into it a little too much, but like what was kind of cool is when when Wasp. Uh, when she first sees, when Hope first sees the wasp suit, um, she's kind of like, she's really excited and you see her kind of like her eyes kind of tearing up almost a little bit, but then that goes away and she gets that smirk and she's like, you know, it's about damn time. And I felt that that was kind of a subtle way of Marvel saying like, okay, we know Ah, you want strong female female leads, we're going to get you strong female leads in here. And yeah, it is about damn time. And it was kind of just a, a cool little subtle way for them to, to acknowledge that. Cool. I like it. I love how everybody can fit on these hand-me-down suits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that, that kind of almost. No, I did say that. I did say that after the movie. <laughs> I said I love that. Is that how Michael Douglas like figured out who was going to be his successor? It was like, yeah, oh, he measured his, his measurements look kind of close to mine. Let's uh, go ahead yeah. and give him the suit. I was like, the suit fit perfectly. I was like, come <laughs> on, man. He wore that shit for like 50 years. <laughs> I hope he watches it. They can it shrink first. it and grow it. I mean, they just give a little douse of the those little <laughs> throwy particles. devices, and boom, you're good to go. Some oh, pim okay. particles. Pim particles. Oh, the, the shrink stars. Oh, shrink and grow stars. Well, Pat, anything else you want to add on the after credit scenes? Well, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't Howard the Duck. That's for sure. Um, I, you know what? I mean, I think that it was very interesting that Michael Douglas built that room and had put a billion light bulbs in the room because like if you're gonna have a suit room you have to have a million light bulbs and to light it up and so that's that was <laughs> i'm glad that he was able to maintain that and keep that up just for that moment you know because it would have been i think it would have ruined the moment if like a few of them were burned out because that's how it would roll my house they'd be like two or three burned out and my wife would be a little less impressed with the suit I'm about to give her because, you know, I didn't. I did not remember any light bulbs. I have to see it again. That whole room yeah, was like nothing but light bulbs. It was surrounded by spotlights. <laughs> <laughs> it was like crazy Jeez. bright. I completely missed that. That's sad. It, it just That's needed hilarious. a Star Trek lens flare. That's all it needed. Uh, I loved it. I mean, they were great. I mean, there's nothing I could add more or take away from that other than, than the fact that you're, you're wrong. I mean, Captain America was in that movie. See? So there you go, Fred. You Good point. Good point. You should have loved oh, the movie. just shot up on his list. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a five out of five, right? <laughs> All right, so now we're going to give our final ranking here on the film out of five stars. I've already given mine officially on the show. I give it a five out of five. Like I said, when I rate a movie, I base it on my movie theater going experience. That When I walked out of it, was I completely thrilled? Did it give me everything that I wanted? 
you know, did I feel like that it left anything out? And I really didn't feel that this movie did any of that with me. I was super happy with it. I was pleasantly surprised. I laughed my ass off. It was funnier than I thought it would be. The action was great. It had turned another Marvel character that I really could have given two shits about into somebody that I can't wait to see their inclusion in future installments. So for me, that easily makes it a five out of five for me. Super, super enjoyed it. Peeps, what did you rank it? I mean, with what you just said, did it give me everything I wanted? Yes. Did I feel that they left anything out that could have been better? Not really. But can I give it a five? Mm. No, nah, I'm going to give it a four and a half. So. <laughs> you give everything a four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know. I'm saving my five for Suicide Squad. So Yeah, I'm sure. There you go. That's pretty awesome. Right. <laughs> All right, Fred, what do you rank? So I can't give a movie a five unless I walk out of that movie being like, oh, my God, that movie just blew my mind. So, like, that's, you know, where I get, like, Guardian. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. Yeah, that's Guardians Winter Soldier territory. This one, loved it, had a blast, super fun, laughed my butt off. But I didn't walk out saying that um, as much as I liked it. Um, At the same time, I I can't really get it a four either because Michael Pena kicked it up that next notch. So I'm going four and a half. Alrighty, Kiki Pat, you already kind of gave a score earlier, but... <laughs> yeah, it was a great movie. It really was. It wasn't a five, though. All right, well, there you go. It was a five. So they've got a five out of five, <laughs> a four and a half, a four and a half, and a four. So great scores all the way around. Obviously, we all very much enjoyed it. So very good, very good. So like I said in the beginning, you know, this was the final film in phase two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Phase one of course, consisted of Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, and Avengers, uh, and the First Avengers movie. That was Phase 1. Phase 2 kicked off with Iron Man 3, then Thor The Dark World, um, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron, or I'm sorry, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and then of course Ant-Man. So 12 films, and now now that the two phases are complete, the Phase 2 box set, by the way, coming out before Christmas time, you can pre-order it now on Amazon, it comes in the little spear from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to rank down the 12 movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe according to us so i will kick it off here and here is how my 12 break down coming in at the bottom at number 12 and i'd just like to say for the record too before i get into this i really love all of these movies so even though a movie's number 12 or number 11 or 10 whatever it doesn't mean that they're bad it doesn't mean that they're shitty it doesn't mean anything negative it's just It's just how the cookie crumbles, because they're all very good, and some are just going to be higher than others. So, coming in number 12 for me is Captain America, The First Avenger. Uh, That, to me, is the weakest film of all of these. I just, it's a good movie, but it just kind of, (laughs) eh. Number 11 is Iron Man 3. (sighs) Such a disappointment, so I'm just going to leave it there at number 11. (laughs) Uh, Number 10 is The Incredible Hulk. Number 9 is Iron Man 2. Number eight is the first Thor movie. Number seven is Thor The Dark World. Number six is Ant-Man. So that's where Ant-Man falls on mine is at number six. Number five is the first Iron Man movie. 
Number four is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Number two is the Avengers. And number one is Avengers Age of Ultron. So that is my top 12. Peeps, how does your 12 pan out? Yes. Uh, am I on mute, by the way? No, you're Mike, good. Check, check. Okay. Good. Alrighty. Um, number there? 11 is uh, Iron Man. Number, number 12, two. Number 12. That's... Oh yeah, my bad. I, I messed up my I messed up my list, and I and I. Right. People <laughs> so don't know numbers. He's all in number eleven, and then in number two. I'm like, where? What the hell's going on here? How did we go from eleven number to two when we didn't start with number eleven? All right, Iron Man Dos. Uh, then number ten is Thor. That movie was so boring. You're still off That's again. Number eleven. Will you stop? It's Quit it goes twelve. No, I'm looking at my numbers because no, you're gonna you're throwing this off. It starts at twelve and it goes down to one. Okay. So rearrange your shit however right. you need to to numbers, make it make sense. Number six. Stop. <laughs> All right, uh, Iron Man is twelve. Uh, Eleven is Thor. Um, number ten is Iron Man three. Uh, number nine is The Incredible Hulk. Uh, number seven is the original Captain America. Uh, number six is Thor 2. <laughs> Try not to hate me, y'all. But uh, number five is Age of Ultron. Jesus. Number four, is, or, yeah, no, yeah. Wait, I'm six, right? Six You're of at five. Six of Age of Ultron. <laughs> and uh, five is Ant-Man. And number five is Iron Man. Okay. So what I'm doing here is I'm saying oh my I basically god, like... dude, you are making the most confusing list I've ever heard in my life. Why are you all over the place? How are these, twelve. How are these numbers? Iron exactly. Man and Ant-Man, I uh, like those exactly the same. So I'm putting those in the <laughs> no, same exact. No, it doesn't work no. that way. You have twelve <laughs> That's numbers. How my this is work. so easy. Oh my <laughs> god, you're making my say. head hurt. Oh, Iron all right, Man so and Ant-Man's Ant number four. Go on, Ant-Man's number four. Go to your three. Are you, no, he's going to jump back to six now because somehow his numbers <laughs> keep fluctuating. Oh my god. God, there's only 12 movies. Why is it taking longer than the whole fucking show? He's like, add one in. He's going to add one in. Y'all just let me go and then be like, you He's all Captain America, up. Civil War comes in number two. <laughs> Avengers Infinity War Part Two comes in number one. Oh, that's good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so top three is uh, Avengers, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and my top favorite is Captain America 2. Okay, we are all now dumber for hearing that. <laughs> you get no points, <laughs> and you move to the back of the line. This is what I happens just... when you try and do a tie. <laughs> there's no damn ties on that. There is a tie. No, there's not. There's no ties. There's no way you like what? them exactly the same. <laughs> I did. Sure. Okay, Fred, please... Give me an actual top twelve. <laughs> <laughs> right. I could do I could do twelve. Um, Iron Man two is at the bottom of my list with number twelve, followed by Iron Man three number eleven. Thor: The Dark World is ten. Um, Incredible Hulk would be number nine. The first Thor is number eight. And Ant Man I thought originally might fall within the three range actually ended up at seven on my list. Um, Captain America. The first Avenger making number six. I actually really like that origin story. Uh, <laughs> um, Avengers Age of Ultron hit it at five. Iron Man, the first one, was number four. 
The Avengers number three, Captain America Winter Soldier number two, and of course Guardians of the Galaxy, the best Marvel movie number one. Don, it really hurt my heart a little bit when you said four. I almost, almost passed Yeah, but if you take Avengers out, which a lot of people do because a lot of people like to look at, at the standalone list and they don't count Avengers, that would make it my second favorite movie out of them all. So That's a good point. You can't uh, hate on that too much. All right. <laughs> I, can, I can deal with that. All right, Giggy Pat, you're 12. All right. Well, I have two taught. Just kidding. Uh, my actually bottom of the list is my, I, I hate the movie. So you, you're very generous. Cause I, I just don't like it. Um, number 12 is Iron Man three. Absolutely. I wish it never existed. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, number 11, uh, number 10, the incredible <laughs> Hulk nine, Thor, eight, Thor, the dark world, seven, Iron Man, six, Iron Man, two, five, Ant-Man. Captain America Winter Soldier 4, Marvel's The Avengers 3, 2, Avengers Age of Ultron, and number one is Batman v Superman. So there you go. <laughs> no, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Very yes. Cool. So there you go. Pat's list was pretty close to mine, but then he flipped it up at the end. <laughs> no, I, I used to think Avengers Age of Ultron was going to be my number one, but the more I sat about it, I really just felt more excited leaving Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if it's because... Well, just because Guardians was just funny, so like it left you kind of happier coming out of it. I think but. so. I, 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 it just it, it is my favorite of the Marvel movies. I you think, like now. Iron Man two better than Iron Man one? I was yeah. gonna ask that. Yeah. Yeah, I like Iron Man two. Well, it's I like Iron Man two also, but, but I know. I, I, <laughs> you want the bird? I got fair, you the bird. I, I I think because my son watched Iron Man every day for like a year. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's down lower, but. I do. I like Iron Man 2 better than Iron Man 1. I really do. I like it. I like the characters. I like the story. I, I just do. I know a lot of people hated it. I like the War Machine. It was just really good. All righty. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Four completely different lists that break down the MCU. So, uh... Sean had two people's lists. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. He, he had like 23 movies on his. I don't know how it was even possible. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. I was like one and... number behind. That was the whole thing as I was a number behind. No, you listen number back to this. You're all over the place. Babysitting. Before was in that, so. Critters were number two. Gremlins, I like that better. That was number six, maybe seven. Electra was number three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all righty guys well that will do it for us tonight on this special edition of am i still on the air our ant-man spoiler review our marvel cinematic breakdown of phase one and phase two how we rank them out i hope you enjoyed the show and uh let's send it on around and see where we can reach these people we'll start off here with geeky pat he's the host of this week with the geek where can people find you on the interwebs RedDragonsRadio.com, 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 also Geeky underscore Pat, and you can get me at uh, GeekyPatBroadcasting.com. There you go. Peeps from the People's Forum, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me on uh, Facebook, Uh, just look up People's Forum, go ahead and give it a like. I might be on reddragonsradio.com. Oh, you, you, you might find the People's Forum on that as well. Also on Twitter, For My Peoples, that's number four, M-Y-P-E-E-P-L-E-S. All righty. And Mr. Friggins, where can people find you? Of course, on reddragonsradio.com as well. Uh, with Say what? Peeps on the People's Forum. Um, also like to... Uh, Meander on the Twitterverse. You can hit me up at Friggins, F R I G G I N Z, Friggins with a Z. 
So and, there, and the comic store. Remember, he always said that. <laughs> you can find oh, me at the comic said, store. Every <laughs> never said which comic store. Everybody's going to the local comic store. Like, are you frigates? Are you frigates? <laughs> comic shop. It's a comic shop. Uh, Lobster comic Johnson sixty nine. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's where you can find everybody. Of course, you can listen to all of our shows. Am I on the air this week with the Geek, the People's Forum? It's all on RedDragonsRadio.com. So go check that out. Where you can also hear all the Am I Still on the Airs as well on RedDragonsRadio.com. Give it a like on Facebook at Red Dragons Radio. Follow on Twitter at Red Dragons Radio. And of course, once again, follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DX Don Mega. The show is at Am I on the Air. Follow, listen, subscribe, check us all out. Also check out Red Dragons Assemble. That is a special show we do once a month with me and Peeps and um, Geeky Pad as well. So definitely check that out if you haven't. Once again, reddragonsradio.com. And um, we'll catch you next time when something cool goes down <laughs> right here on Am I Still on the Air? Red Dragon. <laughs>